We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Winter is coming. I told you a million times, my teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. Wakanda forever! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested's first ever mid-range podcast. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and today I am joined by the Namekian, Komi Armoravian. That's me. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and soon Spotify. You can also access our podcast and other awesome things that we do at our website, www.theuncontestedsports.com. We are calling these random midweek podcasts the mid-range series because just like a Carmelo Anthony jumper, you never really know what you're going to get. These midweek podcasts, they can really range from anything sports, uh, music, pop culture, nerd culture, just whatever we feel like talking about for the week. So this week on the first ever mid-range podcast by The Uncontested, we are talking about... Yes, that's right. Dragon Ball Z. I am incredibly excited to have this conversation today. So I guess first let's start off talking, Kamiar. Why are we doing our first one over Dragon Ball Z? I don't know. Why are we doing our first one over Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> Dragon Ball Z has been a cultural phenomenon for two to three decades, but is soon, quote-unquote, coming to an end at Dragon Ball Super has a movie coming out as the series is ending in Japan, I think here in two weeks. What's the movie uh, that, called? Uh, I'm not sure what the movie's called, actually. The movie doesn't come out till later in the year. You call yourself a Dragon Ball Z fan and you know what the movie's called? 
That is correct. Okay. Because I'm not fully caught up on Dragon Ball Super. Over in Japan, Dragon Ball Super is on episode 100 and something. But here in the States, we're only on episode like 40 or 50 or something like that. America. So there's there's still a lot to go for the English dubbed Dragon Ball Z. For our listeners who did not grow up in the 90s, for anyone who lived under a rock and does not know what Dragon Ball Z is, uh, let's start off with a real quick summary. Dragon Ball Z is a Japanese Japanese anime. Japanese. A, 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 I was almost about to say a Japan anime. <laughs> but that, Japanese anime. It's a Japanese anime that follows the story of a guy named Goku, who is an alien from Planet Saiyan as he makes his way to Earth and protects Earth from various different threats. But there's a twist. His name isn't even Goku. His original name is... Kakarot. Kakarot, which sounds a lot like Carrot, which is kind of funny because his uh, his buddy Vegeta sounds a lot like Vegetable. Aren't those the actual Japanese words for their names? That might be. I'm not I, sure. I'm pretty sure it is. So, Kamiar, if you met a person who did not know what Dragon Ball Z was, had never heard of the show, never played any of the video games, never been part of the Jap or not the Japanese culture, but the Dragon Ball Z culture, how would you explain Dragon Ball Z to somebody? If I have met somebody that's never been a part of the Japanese culture or the culture of Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> shut up. I would say uh, that you got all these dudes. That some come from different planets, um, some are just kind of like hanging out, like and then are worthless, that are humans. But it's basically this collection of fighters. Some have really, really cool powers, and then of course, like any other show, when you have fighters, there's always the good ones, and you have the bad ones that would try to take over the world and kill everybody. And it's Goku, this guy you just explained, Goku, and basically his family and best friends. They are trying to get rid of the evil that is plaguing their planet. So there's several planets, though, so it's kind of confusing sometimes. That's what I would say. Very much so, yes. And it's uh, it's very typical in the sense that since they're strong fighters, strong bad guys constantly show up. Like, Earth is just consistently screwed and constantly under threat of destruction in Dragon Ball Z, which leads to what we call the Z fighters having to protect Earth and consequently they become stronger and stronger and however conveniently the monsters that show up to try to destroy earth are just a tad bit stronger than the heroes are at the current time which means they have to go just a little bit beyond their ability level in order to protect the the earth and so it's this constant they defeat a bad guy, they get a little bit stronger. New bad guy shows up, they defeat that bad guy, they become a little bit stronger, etc., etc., etc. Also, they used to the be monkeys. The they, had, they had tails, and they could turn into big gorillas and stuff. That this is fun. true. So, I guess let's start off. We talked about what Dragon Ball Z is. Um Let's talk about why it's so essential to the the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, Komiar and I are both in our mid to late 20s, and Dragon Ball Z, from the time that we were like early elementary school up until even now, Dragon Ball Z is this this huge just rallying point for our childhood. Um, why is that? Why was Dragon Ball Z 
so big for us, so big for our generation? Well, that's a good question, man. I mean, for me, it sparked when when I was a kid. You would get out of elementary school, and you would come home, and Toonami was on Cartoon Network at the time, and they would play all kinds of cool freaking cartoons right after school. And really, it just kind of took off. I mean, consider it was like really, really big in Japan and over in Asia way before it was big in the United States. So it was already a big hit for half of the population in the world just on the other side of the ocean. But it's um, it's just it's transcended through time. A lot of people really liked it. And mostly it was dudes. I'm not saying like girls can't get in Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball or GT or Super. But mostly it was dudes. The girls had like Sailor Moon and stuff like that. Um, but it just kept on going and going and the storyline was good enough. And I guess it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Do you think it's more that today it's just nostalgic for us or is there still this growing sense of like the Dragon Ball Z community, like still getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Well, from what I understand, it's part nostalgic because a lot of people, they just remember like in the old days, and they watched the, the they watched it redubbed and stuff like that, or abridged, and they just rewatched what they had known before. But there are new kids today that are teenagers or younger kids that are watching Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Z, and they're just getting into it as well. Maybe because their parents told them that they watched it. I don't know why they're getting into it. But you also have people that like have a line of workout gear that you can buy Dragon Ball Z shirts and like hoodies and shit. That stuff is dope, too. I hate it so much. (laughs) It looks weird. I I think it's garbage. But I don't know. There's there's a lot of people invested in it, and there's a lot of people involved in it. So, I don't know. It's it's both. I thought one really cool thing about Dragon Ball Z is as we were growing up and in our elementary school years, like you talked about, coming home and watching Dragon Ball Z on Toonami like every day after school at 3.30, that... Whenever you went to school, it didn't matter really if kids were like the weird anime kids or the gamer kids or, um, you know, the kids that were super into sports and football and basketball or really it felt like Dragon Ball Z transcended like clicks. And it also feels like it transcended like culture and race. Like everybody loves Dragon Ball Z. Like it's not just like white kids. It's not just like Asian kids who love anime. It's not like black kids who just randomly got into it like all different types of races all different cultures like the rich kids at school the the poor kids at school like everybody could rally around dragon yeah. ball z i mean all you had to hear was kamiyamiya and everybody glues their fucking mind but the good question though is like okay so there are lots of dudes that really like dragon ball z dragon ball Dra- i didn't like dragon ball it was, ugh. And I never watched GT. But why is it like, proportionally since what I've seen, and maybe you've seen it too, why do you think it's primarily dudes that like Dragon Ball Z and whatever, but there's like very few girls that do? I mean, I know like other people, I know girls that do like Dragon Ball and Z and GT and Super, but there's a very small minority of women that do watch it. Why do you think that? That's a good question. And I. My first response to that is probably because the lack of uh, strong female characters in the show. You know, throughout all of Dragon Ball Z, no girls are doing the fighting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, throughout Dragon Ball, no girls are doing the fighting. Really, the only girl in Dragon Ball is Bulma, and she's like dressed up super slutty. And then in, in Z, Bulma, and then you have like Chi Chi, who's just like yeah. that's constantly like nagging. you can't fight, you yeah. have to do your studies, like constantly nagging mother, you know. And so that I, I almost feel like the show itself is geared towards dudes towards dudes where as you mentioned earlier like sailor moon is a strong cast of female characters that really have no strong male lead in it and maybe that's why a lot of men don't enjoy sailor moon as much makes sense you know but now with with super out there there are some more female characters there was a lot of dragon ball z characters that people thought were females that were actually males like frieza yeah. Is the first one to come to mind. Whenever I was in fourth grade, I wait, was wait, wondering. Wait, 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 wait. a dude or a girl? Frieza's a dude. Okay. Yeah, I always thought Frieza was a girl, though. Why? Because he was the, purple and pink? Yeah, and the voice. Oh, I, th- I the, thought the, it was weird. The voice always came off as kind of uh, as feminine, female to me, yeah. yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Z is also really one of the first animes to come over to America and be a huge huge hit and i kind of feel like dragon ball z is the anime especially like we said for men that opened the door for more japanese anime to make its way to america and become popular true you know so all right well let's talk about the multiple iterations of dragon ball you said that you did not like dragon ball for those of you who don't know dragon ball is kind of the prequel to dragon ball z it's the story of goku Whenever he is a child, it's boring. Being raised by Master Roshi, it's he boring. And You're not a big fan of it. Oh, it's boring. Oh my god! Like you got a little, you got a little Goku, and you got pervert Master Roshi, and it's like they're going to these weird. It's like Karate Kid, basically. Like they don't have cool yeah. power. They don't have cool powers yet. They're just like messing around, and he got um, uh, what's dumbass's name with the wolf fang thing? It's not uh, crap. What's his name? He's one of the he's one of the Z fighters and he sucks and he's always dead. Yamcha? Yeah, Yamcha. You got that guy who's a garbage. Uh and then you got Tien and all those other other dudes that are also garbage. So like it's it's not fun to watch. Like, do you like have any very distinct memory of watching Dragon Ball other than those dumb tournaments that you fight in? No, not really. Yeah, because it sucked. Like- Dragon Ball. It's funny that we've talked all about Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball, and we haven't even talked about the Dragon Balls yet. You know, I just realized that, like Dragon Ball, they were hunting the Dragon Balls a lot, but all we've talked about is them fighting bad guys. We haven't even talked about like the the name of the show, Dragon Ball, is about them finding these mythical balls that are spread across the earth. Mythical that balls. They can, mythical balls where they can summon a legendary dragon that will cast them a wish of really whatever they want. Although Earth's dragon, Shenron, Shenron had certain limits to his powers. How where many wishes did he give you? I think Shenron three? gave one. Then Perunga gave three? I, I think so. One of them gave three, one of them gave one. Shenron yeah, was a cool-ass dragon. He got Perunga, which is like this weird fucking frog-looking dragon. Yeah, Shenron was more of a snake-looking dragon, really. Yeah. Where Perunga was like, yeah, kind of froggish and like super big. Perunga was the... He was jacked. The the dragon that you could summon with the dragon, the Namekian Dragon Balls on planet Namek. So you weren't a fan of Dragon Ball. No. Obviously, 
we're both huge fans of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, nine total seasons, over 300 episodes. And Dragon Ball Z is the point in time where we start getting these sagas of these different villains, these different enemies. And yes, the Dragon Balls still play a play a role. But in Z is when we start getting into more of the the fighting and the the powering up and the using energy attacks like Kamehameha Wave and the Destructo Disc and Gatling Gun and all those all those awesome abilities and when the Saiyans start being able to turn into Super Saiyans for the first time. And so Dragon Ball Z was is I think really the one that a lot of people remember. Um, what about GT? Uh, I remember watching a couple episodes of it, and I couldn't get into it. It was real weird. Yeah, Dragon Ball GT was not made by the same guy that did Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. But GT takes place many years after the end of Dragon Ball Z. It jumps forward like 10 or 15 years Mm -hmm. or so. And Goku and Dragon Ball GT actually gets turned back into a child. And he's fighting with his granddaughter Pan, who was a teenager at the time. That's weird, man. And then, lastly, the the newest series, Dragon Ball Super. And I know, Kamiya, you don't watch Super. Nope. Uh, Super's awesome, though. After a few successful Dragon Ball Z movies that came out within the past few years, um, the original creator of Z started to make Dragon Ball Super, which was just an add-on to Dragon Ball Z. It kind of picks up right at the end of that series. And it's really, really awesome. I know a lot of people currently watch Dragon Ball Super um, subtitled as they come out in Japan. Uh, But Dragon Ball Super, at the time of this recording, I think only has two or three episodes left in Japan. In America, we're still pretty far behind on the dubbed anime. But it still comes on, uh, not too nom anymore, but Adult Swim. So, Um, What about the video games? Are you talking you about the video games? I remember playing the really, really crappy ones on Game Boy Color, where it was just really odd and kind of like Zelda-ish, you know? And then I remember when Dragon Ball Z Budokai came out, and it was the first one. Oh, Budokai. I, th- I think it was um, on PlayStation, right? Yeah, was- and there was a lot of them on PS2 as well. Yeah, I, I think I got the one on PS2. And I played that shit for hours and hours, even though it was the same storyline over and over. Uh, I remember playing that, and then I didn't play another Dragon Ball Z video game, honestly, until recently when we were at your house. Yeah, we played Dragon Ball Fighter Z, the newest one. Yep. Uh, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty good game. Um, did you ever play the Dragon Ball Z card game? No, I was unaware there was one. Oh my god, it was kind of like. It's kind of like Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but they had like Dragon Ball Z cards, and you could like choose which fighter you were and like cast different abilities and stuff. It's dope. I still have my Dragon Ball Z cards. It's dope, dude. It's really, really cool. How often do you look at them? How often do I look at them? Uh, it's been a while, a few months at least. But so let's jump into personal connection a bit. Do you? have a favorite character in Dragon Ball Z? Uh, Or the Dragon Ball universe? Yes, my favorite character is Piccolo because he's cool. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Do you have a favorite like saga or storyline or villain? So like... Alright, I'll I'll talk about Piccolo a little bit further. So Piccolo is the coolest one because A, 
he's different than all of the other Z fighters. Like all the other Z fighters are like basically like they look human. I mean, of course they're not, but they look the most human except Krillin. He's got like the dots on his head. It's kind of weird. And he's really But Krillin really, is a human, yeah, which is funny. It's really really short. And um then you got randomly there's this dude, he his dad is evil, right? Um and then he gives uh he 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 lays an egg, which is Piccolo. And he's like an evil dude, and then Goku has to go kick his ass. And then after all that, uh, Piccolo, he merges with Nail first, right? No. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. He fuses with Nail first. He fuses with Nail, and then he fuses with Kami, and he's still not even half as powerful as Goku, which is interesting. But anyways... I always identified with Piccolo because when I was in elementary school, because that's when it was really, really hot, and I was in elementary school, like, all my buddies, they loved, of course, they loved Goku because that dude could go Super Saiyan. It's the ones that were more rebellious and, like, hot-headed people, they liked Vegeta. And since I was not, since, no, not was, since I am not white because I lived in a suburban community, I identified more with Piccolo because although he is essentially the minority of the group, he got to hang out with the rest of the people, and it was all good. So uh, Piccolo was my Piccolo was my favorite, just because it was cool. He had the uh, the special beam cannon where he would like special beam cannon put Heck his fingers yes. to his head and like freaking like shoot it like a gun at the other people, and it'd be like this swirly like purple crap. But uh, storyline? Are you talking about like, sagas? Yeah. What's what's your favorite saga? Favorite villain? I think the the Cell Saga is like the de facto like what most people think because Frieza just took took forever. Boo Saga is like awkward and uncomfortable. Uh, so I, I think many people will go with Cell Saga, and I agree with Cell Saga. My favorite villain, I'm gonna go with Majin Boo because he was really fat and it was really satisfying to watch him die. <laughs> that's that's very true. Um, my favorite character. I would have to go, and this character evolved a lot as the show went on, and so there's only one certain like iteration of this character that I liked, and that was like preteen, early teens Gohan. I didn't like Gohan whenever he was a really young kid because all he did was cry and bitch all the time, and then I didn't like Go- Gohan whenever he got older because then he was like say a man and it was really weird, but like. Purple workout gear Gohan is probably my favorite character in the show. After that, we're probably looking at like future Trunks. I love Trunks from the future. He was awesome. Uh, you know, just this new saying that came and introduced like time travel into the series and the show. And uh, he ended up, you know, we ended up finding out that he was Vegeta's son. Uh-oh. And just really, really awesome. Um, how did you get introduced to Dragon Ball Z? Do you remember? I remember coming home one day, and I was really, really bored, and my sisters, actually, my sisters did watch Sailor Moon. They were into Sailor Moon, and then they would always change the channel after Sailor Moon was over, but one time, uh, I just got home or whatever, and Sailor Moon was over, and then this other show came on, and it was called Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, I don't know if I was too lazy to change a channel as a kid. Or if I was just really curious what the hell Dragon Ball Z was, but I just sat there and watched it, and I was like, holy crap, this is way cooler than all those girls with all those rods and stuff and the skimpy outfits. 
So uh, that's how I got into Dragon Ball Z. I just kind of just sat around, and then I was like, "Hey, this is actually pretty good." And then I just continued to watch it. So that's, yeah, that's how I, I remember. It. I remember my friends in elementary school talking about it, and I had never experienced the show before. So I went over to one of their friends, one of my friends' houses after school. Walked home after school with them. Uh, we sat down, we made snacks, and Dragon Ball Z came on. He was like, oh, do you watch Dragon Ball Z? And I said, no. And we sat down and we watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. This is the most badass shit I've ever seen in my life. As, like, a, what, uh, a 10-year-old? Yes. Uh, pro- yeah, probably, like, 8 or 9. Um, probably, like, 3rd or 4th grade. Uh, are you still a Dragon Ball Z fan today? Yes, I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan today. I still actually occasionally watch it. But um, one of my favorite memories from Dragon Ball Z, it's probably not necessarily my my favorite, it's just something that really sticks out, is when during the entire Frieza saga, Goku's over there powering up for roughly like six episodes in a row, and it's him just screaming at the top of his lungs, right? And it's just like, this is the most annoying crap, like, the, the show's literally 22 minutes long, and then 18 of the minutes is, like, Goku powering up, and the other four minutes is, like, storyline. And then, so Frieza eventually somehow dies, and Goku also kills himself or something like that, and, uh, because he destroys the planet. But then, like, at the very beginning of the Cell Saga, Trunks comes back, and it's like, Frieza's put back together, and you're like, god damn it, I thought this dude died and then he also came back with king cold which is like this bigger version of him which is like his dad or something yep and then future trunks comes up and he gets into a fight with frieza and you're like oh not again like this is gonna take another 10 episodes and literally something that took roughly three hours of your time from the previous saga took roughly five minutes of the time in this new saga where trunks just obliterates this dude and like chops him in eight different ways with his sword and ends Frieza in roughly five minutes of the show. And he also like blasts through King Cold, doesn't he? Yep. So like yep. the entire Frieza saga was very pointless if Trunks could go and kick his ass in roughly five minutes of the pilot episode of the Cell Saga. That's what I remember. Yep. Yep. Um, one of my best memories of Dragon Ball Z is in the Cell Saga when Krillin dies, which <laughs> it seems like Krillin dies like every five minutes. Yes. And Gohan loses his damn mind and is the first Z fighter out of everybody to power up and go Super Saiyan 2. <laughs> and I remember sitting on my couch watching Dragon Ball Z after school with my dad and Gohan going Super Saiyan 2 and I just lost my shit. That's like, cool. just mind blown. That's cool. It was awesome, man. So, one thing, and I'm still a huge Dragon Ball Z fan today. One thing I'm super excited for. Have you seen this Dragon Ball Z Adidas collaboration that's coming out later this year? I think I saw it, but I don't remember. what. It, what is it? Explain it. So... Adidas has basically teamed up with Dragon Ball Z and they're making Dragon Ball Z inspired shoes based off different characters. So they'll have Goku shoes, Gohan, Vegeta, Majin Buu, Shenron, um, and a bunch of different just Adidas shoes that are based off of Dragon Ball Z characters. And some of them are like, yeah, whatever. But some of the shoes are awesome. They're really, really cool. And so I'm really excited for that because I'm probably going to snag at least a couple of pairs. They have the the Kid Gohan shoes that just look incredible. 
the Shenron ones also look equally as awesome. I don't know if I would wear them in public, though. Like, they're not like, Are they like little kid shoes. Like, they're not like Velcro, like, you know, light-up shoes that have, like, the picture on the side. Well, why just the hell like in- not? <laughs> they're just inspired by by the Z fighters. They're they're really cool. Like when you look at them, they look like modern like pop culture Adidas shoes that like everybody wears now. Uh-huh. But the like the color scheme and the layout of the shoe are supposed to invoke like the Dragon Ball Z characters. People are gonna you're gonna see athletes wearing them on like football fields and stuff like that. That's probably pretty, that's pretty cool. They're it, pretty like, awesome. I mean, like if you like take like if you do like a big jump and stomp, why can't it like have a cool sound effect though? That'd be pretty badass. That would be pretty like cool. A, like a kamehameha, you know. That that I'm with you. I would still wear those. I would still wear those as well. But so it is. This is the midweek pod. This is the mid range podcast, right? But we can still tie it back to the thunder. So I just thought of this randomly while we were talking. In OKC's starting five, who is who in the DBZ fighters? Okay, well, uh, the first one is easy. Russell Westbrook is Vegeta. I agree. That's what I put down. He is, you know, always... He plays with that edge, with that attitude. He's always mad. He's always trying destructive, trying to reach a higher level, trying to reach a higher power um, because he wants to be the best. Um, so, yeah, Russell Westbrook is definitely... Vegeta. Yeah, definitely. Who's Brewer? Um, that's a difficult one, yeah. man. I didn't know. I I went with Krillin, not because Krillin sucks, but like he was kind of there at correct moments that are that are pivotal moments, but sometimes like he slips up and like fucks up, and I feel like that also gives I think that entails Brewer very well like he's there in pivotal moments when you need him, but at the same time when that dude dribbles the ball it's no, it's no. That's good a good news. one. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. What about Paul George? See, all right. So, I I put him as Piccolo because Piccolo is always wearing his training gear, which weights him down quite a bit. And I feel like that's the way Paul George is in OKC. Like he's still wearing his training gear, but if need be. He could take off the training gear and really put a lot of the team on his back if he needed to. So I I put PG as Piccolo. I can definitely see that. And PG is not an alpha. And right. Piccolo, whenever he became good and joined the Z Fighters, he learned to uh, to take a back seat to, to Goku. So I can definitely see PG as Piccolo. That makes a lot of sense to me. What about Carmelo? Dude, I don't know. I was going to ask Car- for help. Car- Carmelo's a, diff- a difficult one. Um, I went with Master Roshi. <laughs> I was just about to say that, too. I don't know if uh, Carmelo's that perverted, but he's uh, he's the old man of the team. Uh, he was a badass back in his heyday, but the this new type of basketball um, where it's not isolation post-up, it's you know ball movement and three-point shots and efficiency is... Um, you know, it's kind of taking over, kind of like the Russell Westbrooks and the Paul Georges. But Master Roshi's still there and can still buff up and yeah, uh, take care of shit when he needs to. That's that's exactly why I put. I, I wrote help, but then I wrote Master Roshi LMAO because, like like you just said, when the shit goes down, he can still like buff up and actually take care of some business. Yep. And Stephen Adams, I don't know what you put, but I'm going to answer this one first because I'm correct. 
Stephen Adams. Stephen Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is Hercule Satan. What? Hercule Satan is a badass and would have killed Cell single handedly had he not got a tummy ache. <laughs> and they both have the mustache. They look they look similar. I'll give you that one. I I got Stephen Adams as Teen Gohan because you can like Teen Gohan. You knew like that dude could really grow up and be a badass and like be better than his dad. And Teen Gohan had a lot of potential. And I'm looking at Adams, and people are like, "Wow, that kid's like 23, 24 years old. He's not even his prime yet. So what he's gonna look like in his prime in like four or five years is going to be amazing." So I got Adams as Teen Gohan because he has a ton of potential, and you can see it. And he's still so young. I dig it. I like that. All right, well, we'll wrap it up. We're at about 30 minutes, and we don't want to take these midweek ones too long. We assume you guys probably don't want to hear about Dragon Ball Z too long. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Uncontested and our first ever mid-range podcast. We really appreciate you guys. We've got a lot of positive feedback back on Twitter and our iTunes reviews and our ratings, which is awesome. Minus whoever left us the one-star review. I will find you. And I will kill you. I don't know who you are, but we're coming for you. But really, we do appreciate you guys. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested uh, through our website or leave an iTunes rating and review. That would be a huge help for us. It would be awesome for our podcast. The more ratings and reviews we get, uh, the more things we can do eventually, maybe with some sponsors and some live podcasts and whatnot. So Taylor Peterson was supposed to be on this one, but he did not join us. So, um, but make sure you follow Taylor on Twitter. Make sure you follow Kamiar on Twitter. He's at BoomTownRW and myself at ThunderMob405. We have a regular scheduled uncontested podcast for you guys that should drop late Sunday night or early Monday morning. So make sure you are on the lookout for that. And until next time, long live the Saiyans. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.